0: It's really become um, a commodity in in terms of, um, you know, people you would never think talking design or suddenly talking design. I think that was just getting going at the start of my career and now it's like, you know, it's everywhere. Um, And I think that's, that's good and bad.
1: Welcome to Design Drives, your audio experience about what, how, and why design drives things forward a podcast hosted by Sebastian Gear, together with forward-thinking design practitioners from around the world. Enjoy the episode. In this episode, we will talk with Ross Mitchell, currently building up its own design agency at Woha. Before that, he was driving design efforts in strategy, research, UX, and service design at Ford, getting to know the transformation of the automotive industry. Just recently at at where again, these things are changing in the industry. Entertainment and content actually become a critical aspect of the business and the customer experience. A super interesting and diverse background in both consulting and the corporate space. The audio quality of this episode is maybe not the best. I'm sorry for that, but I think the content is just too interesting and too valuable to not share out. Enjoy. Hi Ross, welcome to the podcast.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: So we're actually super excited to have you on the podcast today and um, I think it makes a lot of sense to talk about um, your background because you work in design fields um, using design methods, I would guess, Um, but you're actually not a designer by training. So how did you get into design?
0: Sure, yeah, I had a pretty circuitous path into design, I would say. Growing up, no interest or even knowledge about design. Um, Went through undergrad um, in San Diego. No idea what I wanted to do. Ended up going into grad school, a PhD program in anthropology at a big um, engineering school uh, in New York. And Mm -hmm. um, was mostly looking to go into academia originally um, and also just kind of, you know, bide my time and wait until something uh, came along that I really wanted to do. Um, and uh, anyways, about two or three years into the program, um, I started TAing in the product design and innovation um, sort of major within the um, um, school. Um, and that was sort of my first uh, bit of you know exposure of of sort of utilizing social science and humanities um in terms mm-hmm. of, of design and um you know what what you could do um with research to apply towards um you know creating better products, services, um and, and all of that for um people. Um so it was mostly work it's an engineering school, so it was mostly working with engineers. So it was still a, it wasn't I wouldn't say you know your typical design like art center, Scad, that sort of um, sort of design uh, uh, teaching and, and background, but um, it was you know the first exposure to it, right? And um, you know, and then I, after I had decided I didn't want to go into academia, um, you know, I basically thought that would be a really good path for me to take, um, and I had sort of done a bit of research on it, had had seen that, you know, especially tech companies, all the big tech companies hire a, a huge amount of, you know, anthropologists and, and sociologists and psychologists. Um, and so so knew it would be a viable um, career path. Um, and so after I, I finished my um, schooling in New York, I decided to head back to California and, and got my start... Um, at the, the design firm RKS Design. And that's when I would say, you know, I really got my true exposure to the design world and really got sort of thrown, thrown into it full, full speed ahead, working on a lot of things right away.
1: Which industries did you work on there?
0: Um, a lot of consumer electronics, um, medical, some automotive things as, as well. Um, but I would say primarily consumer electronics during my time. Right? Mm-hmm.
1: And then on on research and you know innovation strategizing. Yeah, so
0: it was sort of end to end. I mean mm-hmm. that's why I always tell people who are you know just starting out. They sometimes come and you know ask for advice. I tell them you know going to a design agency is really a great way to start out because you get to work on pretty much everything, right? Depending on the firm. I mean a larger firm that's probably not the case, but RKS is sort of mid-size. It's like 25, 30 people. Mm-hmm. So you get to work on just, you know, so many different types of projects, so many different um, phases of the project. So, yeah, when I started out, you know, my first came in, it was really, you know, working heavily on the research because that's really all I knew, um, you know, anything else about strategy or design. But, um, you know, by a few months into it, I was leading projects, working on, um, strategy ideation and you know, I wasn't designing but I was certainly in those um, meetings yeah. and, and working very closely um, with the designers and, and sort of what needs to you know, be a part of the design based on the, the research and, and all that
1: mm-hmm. how did you uh, how, how long did you stay there
0: I was there for about two years
1: two years and then what was the next step
0: the next step was about a year at a design and, and branding firm. So it was sort of a different side of design, really on communication, messaging, and um, identity.
1: All right. And then uh, at what time did you join Ford? Ford
0: was a, right
1: after that. Um, so uh, it was
0: about three years out of school, I would say, I, I joined. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really exciting. I was working out of the uh, headquarters in, in Dearborn, although I still lived here in, in Los Angeles. So it was a lot of um, flying back and forth
1: every week. Oh, okay. And uh, what did you work exactly on at Ford?
0: Yeah, so I was a part of basically product planning. And um, so we got to work on really the early stage stuff. Um, you know, everything from, of course, as you know, you know the, the product cycles are all really long, four or five years for the next vehicle. So... We were talking the the next iteration of, you know, Mustang, F 150, working on things like that. But also, sort of, farther out things in terms of larger strategy projects, in terms of, like, what is our vision and and strategy on autonomous vehicles, uh, electric vehicles, smart cities. All things like that
1: mm-hmm. and you experienced some changes on uh, the ceo level so uh, a lot of changes there can you talk a little bit about that because now for example the um, new ceo is from Ideo. was that still when you were there
0: yeah so he he was um the ceo of steelcase originally and then steelcase had um, basically purchased Ideo and had become you know very heavily involved mm-hmm. um, with steelcase so um jim hackett was the guy's name um, you know, very you know interested in design, very immersed in design, really believes in it, um, and wants to you know put that in every you know part of the the Ford organization, um, and and really wants to reimagine how vehicles are designed from you know being able to do it on a much more um, quick um, cycles. Um, to keep up with, mm-hmm. with changing cu- customer demands, um, do a lot more um, sort of rapid iteration and experimentation, you know, as as part of the sort of design thinking um, process um, and really mm-hmm. allow mm-hmm. the teams to experiment a lot more in their thinking and sort of diverge from the norms um, and, and explore a lot more. You know, I think... Um, Jim Hackett is still trying to really, um, you know, I, I know a lot of interesting things are happening within Ford. Uh, they're still trying to you know, sort of translate that because the cycles are so long into, you know, tangible yeah. products and um, sort of the messaging to um, Wall Street and, and all of that. So, you know, hopefully they get there, um, you know, a, a lot is riding on it. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, during your time there, how did you saw, the, you saw the design culture evolve, you know, considering all the changes in mobility?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think in, in addition to just the design being more um, immersed in, in all of the processes and, and things like that, I think it, it became much more um, elevated, design-centric. So, um, You know, Ford, of course, I mean, it's a car company. It's very engineering heavy, right? You know, design has always been a part of Mm. car design. But I think, you know, when you look at the differentiators um, between cars these days, it's less and less engineering, right? I mean, most cars Mm. are pretty good today, right? It's pretty hard to find one that's a Mm -hmm. true lemon, right? So what really differentiates it? it's, It's the design. And, and so to be able to um, compete globally, I think it's it's all about, um, you know, elevating design throughout the, the whole process. And, I, you know, Ford is definitely trying to do that by creating um, sort of pockets of, of teams. Like they have this Team Edison that are really responsible for their sort of electric vehicles and electric vehicle strategy. Where it's this collaborative mm-hmm. team, a lot like a design agency, kind of coming together. You know, they bought a whole new space for them, you know, away from um, the HQ. I mean, it's still in Detroit, but it's, you know, a, a separate office. And, um, you know, it's it's really working in sort of pods and, you know, engineering teams, marketing folks, design folks, all coming together um, in a sort of cross-functional, cross-disciplinary, um, rapid iteration, rapid prototyping um, sort of manner.
1: Yeah. Uh, What was the motivation coming from an agency and going to corporate, going to Ford?
0: Yeah. I mean, some of it is just personal. Um, You know, I think I get bored pretty easily, Um, always trying new things. I've actually never held a job longer than two years. So I think some of it is just (laughs) me personally, Um, you know, always Uh going to to new things. Um, And I thought, you know, I was still, you know, sort of early in my career was was um you know learning a lot of new things and um you know wanted a, a new challenge. Um, and so you know, I, I thought going to Ford when when the opportunity presented itself would, would really um allow me to to do that, you know. Um with with RKS, you know, I got to Travel the world. I got to work with a lot of you know, multinational companies, Samsung, LG, um, and, and gained a lot of experience really quickly. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was also you know, a lot of stress, working two a.m. nights, deadlines. Um, so, you know, although I had, I felt I had sort of exhausted what what I could get out of the agency. I wanted to, you know, get a different perspective by um, going on the on the corporate side. Um, and so, and I also, I mean, you know, I just knew that the auto space, you know, I had sort of limited experience working there it was just going under a lot of changes. Um, and wanted to, you know, potentially be a part of that. You know, Ford is obviously a sort of an old established company. It'd been around over a century. Um, so, you know, I wanted to, to see what it was like, you know, being at a company that was undergoing such, um, you know, massive, changes
1: yeah i think that's a a motivation for many people going into that space at the moment because so much things happening Uh, maybe can you talk a little bit about your um, your learnings um, you know switching from in-house to agencies i mean in your case multiple times to your career
0: yeah absolutely um so i think the the biggest thing for me are the different sort of mindsets that you have at agency versus corporation. And, um, you know, being at an agency, you sort of, you have a lot of freedom to try a lot of things. Um, You can be very experimental. It's just kind of, you know, often like a fun, casual culture, at least the sort of mid mid to small size agencies, and maybe the larger agencies, it's more um, corporate, especially the ones that are, you know, getting swallowed up by McKinsey and all that. But you know, sort of a traditional agency. You know, it's a, it's very exploratory and very fun, casual, um, and you can just try whatever. Um, versus, you know, going to a corporation. You know, you see what it's like with all of these inbuilt processes, all the sort of legacy components, um, how you communicate, right? Before I worked at Ford, it was all if I wanted to talk to somebody, I just you know walked five feet and and chatted with them. Once I got to Ford, I mean, it was all like you know, Skype calls, WebEx. There was no very little face-to-face um, interaction with you know 90 percent of the people um, I chatted with. So you know I think there can be a lot of miscommunication between agencies and, and corporations. Um, and, and because, you know, they have different mindsets. So, um, you know, I, I know I personally experience this at agency. You know, you can have a tendency to think that corporate people just don't get it. Like, what's their what's their deal? Why can't they see that they're, you know, totally doing the wrong yeah. thing, just um, very foolish, very set in their ways? But then you get to corporation and you see, like, what a struggle it is to actually get things to go and get things to work. Uh, you know, some of it is, you know, there's certainly some corporate people who are just sort of resigned and like don't want to battle to get, you know, new ideas, new concepts through because they know it will just be like, you know, a six month year long fight to get like a new idea, a new process um, going. Some of it is just, you yeah. know, they just don't, um have Have the power to um, you know actually make things happen, so you know although they're you know agencies people might think they're sort of naive but they don't see all the you know backstage things that are going on that sort of prevent the ideas from from actually coming to fruition
1: no. yeah uh, when you worked at Ford, did you work also a lot uh, with agencies like ideO and you know did you experience you know in um consulting helped you with working with agencies from the corporate side
0: yeah we worked a a lot with agencies so that was also an interesting um learning so i i approached my relationship with the agencies of you know having been an agency person myself you know what would i want that relationship with the the sort of client-side person to be like and so i tried to create a very collaborative Mm. open as much as possible relationship with the vendors um So, you know, I think many corporate people like try to, you know, just tell enough to the agency. I tried to like overshare as much as possible with, um, you know, tell them about sort of backstage things that were going on, tell them about sort of politics and things like that, um, that might sort of Mm -hmm. present or or prevent designs and and ideas from moving forward and and try to really get them to get the corporate culture as, as much as possible. Because, and I think agencies really appreciated that because it um, sort of set them up for success. Like they, they could see that it wasn't just, you know, the work itself that was going to be judged. I mean, you had to actually know the company and and sort of how it operates. And by giving them as much of those details as possible,
1: so being highly transparent.
0: Oh yeah, I think that's that really helps um, when when clients can do that,
1: um, you know.
0: And, and yeah, and in terms of IDO, IDEO is really, um, in every stage of, of the Ford process now. Um, I didn't get to work with them as much, it was sort of the back end. Um, but yeah, they're, uh, because of Jim Hackett's relationship with them, they're, you know, very much, um, involved in a ton of the, the work going on right now at Ford.
1: Mm-hmm. When you worked at Ford as a global GlobalGX research manager, did you work a lot with the design department as well? Absolutely.
0: I mean, we, we worked with them in multiple capacities. So, of course, my main client was, was marketing and, and product planning, so figuring out what we need to build and, and why. But, you know, yeah, we worked very heavily with... Um, more interior design, the exterior,
1: digital design as well.
0: No, I would say it was it was much more interior. Yeah, a little bit with digital, but much more in, interior was probably the closest relationship. And it was a lot, you know, helping them, um, you know, immersing them in the customer, um, building out journeys and and things like that of you know how how this particular target customer for whichever vehicle you know say a Mustang buyer, you know how they would interact with the vehicle what what would that journey be like and sort of building that out with them so they could um design around it. Mm-hmm. Uh
1: and now you actually building up your own agency if i'm correct.
0: I am, yeah. So, you know, it's it's part of the um you know, that that i get bored uh, you know, mentality that i have. So, yeah, i i um thought it would was time, you know, again i i thought i had learned quite a bit on the corporate side but you know i think i'm not that corporate of a guy um i'm i'm much more of an agency type of personality and so i thought it was time mm-hmm. to sort of move back um to the agency world of course the agency world itself is undergoing a lot of changes um even just the in the time i've been there um but you know you look mm-hmm. 10 15 20 years massive massive changes um so you know we we certainly had a lot of questions and i should mention um, you know, with myself and and a partner, he's a designer actually, he's an industrial designer at um, Western Digital. So I come, you know, with the research strategy background, and he comes with the um, design background. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So one of the big questions for us was, you know, given all these changes, you know, like um you know, all these agencies being bought up by McKinsey and Cognizant, and you know, all of these purchases going on, Um, you know, and then there's also um, just sort of the, the corporations buying um, agencies as well. There's you know there's so few actual independent agencies out there, right? Um, yeah. And at the same time, you also have sort of prices on uh, industrial design going down because a lot of things are, are being brought in house. Um, so you know there's a, a lot of interesting forces going on, and you know it was very much thinking you know, how do we position ourselves in that in that landscape. Um, you know what could we say of that would be unique that hasn't been said over the last 20, 30 years? I mean, you look at the term design thinking, and that's sort of been you know commoditized. It's everywhere, right? I mean, it's taught at at uh, business schools, of course, design schools. But you know, you'll go into any um, corporation in America pretty much and pretty much use the term we'll and talk about probably it, probably in the wrong way. But they'll still you know, have their own. <laughs> Sort of version of it. So, how do you uniquely position yourself, um, you know, within that? So, we we wanted to, um, you know, in addition to having kind of a unique um, sort of brand identity, you know, if you, you look at our our website for for while, I mean, it's very much, um, you know, we kind of look like a startup, and and that was sort of intentional. Um, you know, we wanted to have you know a bit of an edge to us. Um, so and then, additionally, we um, you know wanted to look at beyond just sort of the typical um, research and, and strategy and design. You know, being on the corporate side, I would also seen a lot of just sort of PowerPoint handoffs, things like that, that didn't really go far enough. So I wanted to think through, okay, how could you know if I was looking at the ideal engagement from a corporate side. You know, what would I be interested in buying? And I think, you know, being on the corporate mm-hmm. side, you could see all of those sort of challenges of getting innovations implemented and actually, um, you know, making them happen. And so, you know, let's create an agency that, you know, is built around, you know, actually building things and getting them implemented, getting some MVPs, getting, um, actually building companies, you know, if it calls for it. Um, and so I think the closest analogy to what we're positioning ourselves is close to BCG um, digital ventures, um, where you know they'll actually go out, they'll you know discover an, an issue, they'll um, you know build the whole company, they even staff it, whatever it might be. Um, you know we're not BCG, but I would say we're um, you know looking to be kind of a boutique version of of that. And I think also you know in addition to sort of building Things ourselves, there's you know an interesting gap between the design agency world and the and the startup world, from my view. Um, so you know there's a million great startups out there that have already you know done the work to build up whole companies. You know there's a lot of bad startups, but there's a lot of great startups. And so you know after the sort of research strategy, the discovery process, you know it makes so much sense to just go and see what startups are out there and just sort of go hook them up with, with your client, right? Instead of, you know, actually building up whatever it might be. I mean, there's a lot of wasted time with design when, when there's already so many startups, right? And, you know, it, mm-hmm. it um, you mm-hmm. know, so from our perspective, we really want to help, um, you know, that that's another gap that I see. And so we want to try and build up that capability in terms of, you know, finding, you know, a, a gap in design and, and linking up corporations with the, the right startup. Um, you know, corporations have, mm-hmm. sort of like at AT&T, we have um, the, the at and Foundry, and that's really their job. Go out and find startups that f- fill in mm-hmm. some gap we have in our experience, in our process, whatever it might be. Um, but that's, of course, what... what um, you know, all these innovation design agencies are doing. They're going out and finding a gap and then they're, you know, proposing some, you know, to build something or whatever it might be. But, you you know, I, I never see it where an agency and we'll go, Hey, and there's these five startups you could just go buy that that will solve it. Hopefully we can, we can get that going too.
1: Would you say you focus because you were comparing yourself to BCG uh, digital ventures, um, you're focusing on digital solutions or could it be um, physical? Yeah, um,
0: I mean, certainly digital will be an aspect, but um, my preference is I still love physical products and, and hope we can work on a lot mm-hmm. of physical products and also service design as well. Um, I think just the, the mm-hmm. model is similar. But yeah, we hope to definitely be working on physical as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Can you tell a little bit about this, the name? How does the the name came to happen? Sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, it took us a long time to come up with a name. That is a, a tough, tough process. Yeah. I mean, we had some great names and, you know, they were taken by, you know, five different people or things like that. So, you know, that that was another challenge, just finding out what is actually available. Um, you know, we, we wanted to, you know, we went through a whole process of sort of discovery of ourselves in terms of, you know, what do we want to represent, what is our personality, um, all of those things. So we we kind of did like a, a brand audit of ourselves and, and who we wanted to, to mm-hmm. be. Um, and so a lot of it was, you know, we wanted to, um, you know, we're, we're both Southern Californians. So we wanted this sort of laid back, um sort of attitude but at the same time we we wanted to um straddle the line of of being you know sort of serious corporate we know sort of corporate problems and and you know how to get things done for a corporation so it was we wanted to you know in addition to the names the whole brand identity sort of straddle um sort of fun new ideas hip thinking and serious you know mba thinking that you know we, we can solve big corporate issues, so I mean that's a tough um, balance, and then um, the, the actual name Whoa, um, it's not you know initially you might think it's like uh, Keanu Reeves like whoa like Surfer do I mean we are um, Southern California and I'm from San Diego and live in l a um, but it was actually, you know, sort of whoa, like your initial reaction to seeing something great, seeing a great idea. Maybe this isn't true in Germany, but in the U.S. No, it
1: definitely is. <laughs>
0: if you say, whoa, you know, you go like. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was really about getting that emotion and uh, expressing that, that feeling of, of you know, a great idea, a great
1: design. Yeah, that story would have been my prediction as well. Um, you Is there is there a website people can visit? Yeah,
0: we are at whoa. agency. W-H-O-A dot a g a -A g e n c y
1: great um you were already mentioning at&t um and it's maybe good to talk a little bit about that you're working there at the moment but it's also been uh your job basically for the past years um can you tell a little bit about your role there and what are you working on
0: sure yeah i um basically lead research and innovation for digital at um at&t so, you know, after a few years at Ford, I had um, basically spoken to a recruiter at AT&T. Um, AT&T is, is local here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So the headquarters. Yeah. Well, one of their headquarters. So um, so they had purchased DirecTV, which is a major um, satellite company. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically they took yeah, over their right. office in Los Angeles and that became their Los Angeles office. Um, and of course they're, they're also merging with, Warner, Warner Brothers, and and Turner, um, currently. So Los Angeles is sort of mm-hmm. a big deal at AT&T because now AT&T is you know second or third largest entertainment company. It's you know rivaling Disney and, and all that. Um, so anyways, yeah, I mean Ford. I mean at and is just this gigantic, overwhelming place that um, you know, really dwarfs Ford. Um, and um, basically my role, it's much more of a service design role. So w- when I was at, mm-hmm. at Ford, it was much more physical product, you know, actually dealing with car design and, you know, a lot of strategy. At AT&T, it's, it's really um, working on, on the service in terms of um, you know, what does that AT&T service look like? Um, probably don't i mean, i don't know in in Germany, but here you know people hate dealing with a phone company, a cable company it's like one of the worst experiences you can possibly do um you know it's just painful, so people hate it um so it's basically getting that experience up to something that that people don't hate so it's everything from um you know becoming an a t t customer you know going on the website, going into the store um sort Of initially, and, and you know, setting up a phone and all those things, and then it's, um, you know, once you become a customer, how do, how do we service that relationship in terms of communication with you, um, in terms of support, but also new products, new offers? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really understanding what that experience is like and, um, sort of implementing as, as many things as we possibly can, um, to get it. Up to um, even a decent standard that that people want to interact with with AT and T, and then there's also, you know, I would say at AT and T there's a lot more um, sort of corporate pressure. I would say at um, Ford it was much more. Hey, let's you know uh, design something great for the customer. AT and T, you know, there's a lot more. Um, sort of cost drivers that we're dealing with in the um, um, role. So it's a, a lot of things like, hey, how do we get people to stop calling in? Because, you know, that's a major um, expense, right? Uh, so it's figuring out, you know, sort of design solutions, um, whatever it might be, to, to get people to sort of solve their own, own problems or solve it in a much more um, cheap way, right? Um, and hopefully, you know, do it in a way that the customer actually likes. So it's balancing both the, the, you know, sort of very, and the h is run by accountants, right? So they always come at things from a dollars and cents um, perspective. So balancing that f- versus f- with sort of actually what's best for the customer and doing that as, um, you know, it, it can be a tightrope sometimes, definitely.
1: Mm-hmm. How is your connection to the design department in your, in your room? Yeah,
0: so I actually report up. To the head of, of um, digital design. Um, so we, we mm-hmm. work very closely in terms of, you know, we'll go out and, and do research and um, discover some pain point or whatever it might be, and then um, come back and, and work with design to create some a prototype or, or whatever it might be to, um, you know, hopefully solve that issue. And then we'll go out and, you know, maybe do a little bit of UX testing or um, co-creation, whatever it might be.
1: How many people are in? the... Is it the only design department within AT&T? So AT&T probably
0: has you know, many, many, many design departments. Um, so there, uh, there's ours, which is digital. Um, there's sort of brand design that's really you know responsible for um, control of the brand, and you know every time you see an AT&T advertisement and and all of that. Um, and how the logo is used, and all of that there um, 's also sort of the physical product design as well. i 'm sure there are other ones as well there 's t is definitely the largest company i 've ever um, interacted with i mean it 's three or four times the size of Ford, even though ford ford 's global ATT and t is just north america but still ATT t is is much much larger
1: mm mm-hmm. Can you tell a little bit about the motivation? You know, going from one industry, you know, from Ford, which is like you know a lot of change happening in the industry, to another industry where also a lot of change happening at the moment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, it was a combination of things. Again, just trying new things and um, you know experiencing as many new things as I I possibly can. Um, Another motivation was uh, you know I I live in LA and. was flying back and forth to Detroit and just wanted to get my, my feet on the ground for a little while. Um, but yeah, I was I was definitely very interested in, you know, being in LA, we're in the sort of entertainment capital of the world, right? Where all the people come to you know, become actors and actresses and, and all of that. Um, and I thought it would be really interesting to sort of get involved in a company that's, you know, right in the middle of, you know, a lot of transformations happening in entertainment and technology. You know, of course, there's a million other ones from Amazon, Apple, Google. Um, So, yeah, I thought it would be a really interesting experimental time where I could, you know, I I think I I am attracted to the industries that are undergoing these these sorts of of, um, changes. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it would be really worthwhile being in L.A. to add... Um, sort of entertainment to the uh, repertoire of, of of things i had um, worked on i mean yeah and en- entertainment is definitely undergoing massive amounts of changes and um probably probably even more so than than automotive. yeah
1: because it's the entertainment side but then sort the of tele- telecommunication the original side which is also changing so it's and then it's a lot of acquisition of companies uh, and at the same time the the process is changing yeah
0: yeah, i mean it's the delivery, it's the distribution yeah you know, the whole value chain yeah is changing
1: so since you're working on the basically intersection from strategy to you know uh or like design strategy to user experience, can you tell a little bit about that you know transition or this handover from uh, department like maybe the the problems you face, and you know um maybe how you you figured out you know how it's how to make that transition
0: yeah absolutely um I mean, I guess I can start with with um a t and um, t you know I think we're pretty lucky at a t where it's all sort of under at least my group under one umbrella, and we can see with the design teams, so there's really no break between the sort of research strategy and design. I think where the break happens at AT&T is much more in, in other things, it's much more in sort of selling the, you know, what we come up with to other teams because mm-hmm. the um, language at AT&T, like I mentioned, is really all dollars and cents, r- return on investment. Um, and so if it, you know, it could be like an amazing, great experience. But if there's no way to put dollars on it, then you know it's it's garbage from uh a t t executives um perspective mm-hmm. you know um and and so yeah that's the biggest challenge at at a t t and then i think you know i have certainly seen a lot of other challenges throughout from ford and and at agency um i think you know At agency, I mean, the the biggest issue is just that, um, you know, things are so um, sort of contained um, project-wise. And um, it takes a lot of motivation to advance things further. So I've seen a lot of projects where, you know, everybody's, you know, sort of high-fiving at the end and it's a great um, outcome, but, um, you know, and then the, the the corporate person will, you know, show their boss and, you know, all is good. But then there's no real plan on, on how to implement um, anything, right? It's just sort of um, sits mm-hmm. there, whether it's, you know, off, I've seen this a lot of times where there's no sort of process to actually get things going. So a team might have like an innovation project, a design project. But there's no way to you know move things along and get things um, to happen with with um, other groups you know funding is like a big thing that you see like um, you know we, we've worked on innovation projects at ATT at and t where um, you know all of the sort of funding mechanisms are set up for sort of um, business as usual type of, of projects and there's really no way to invest in innovation project so and then you, i also see the tendency of sort of research and, and strategy getting watered down and it can, it's like the telephone game i don't know if you ever played that where you know you start off clear message at the beginning and then as it moves you know through the organization it sort of becomes something completely different and that can happen you know for all sorts of reasons just because it's different people sort of translating it down the, the line in a big corporation. But also because you see people um, sort of you know, manipulate things a little bit to sort of fit their own interests, and um, it, you know, it, it certainly you know designers, engineers, whoever, you know, marketing people often you know very tied to um, what they're doing and really want to really if they create it, they very much believe in it. So there can certainly be the you know maybe not um, willfully, but sort of interpret. You know, research strategy in a way that's much more favorable to, you know, their design, right? Um, I mean, I think that's just a sort of natural tendency. I mean, everybody's going to read things through their lens, right? Um, and then I, I think there's, a, a, the big problem of just, um, you know, corporate stage gates. Um, within a corporation, there's, um, you know, the tendency is to think, you know either right or wrong like a decision is is good or bad it's very um black or white especially in the type of research that that we're doing I and mean, it's you know very exploratory discovery type research so there's a lot of gray area right i mean it, there's no like yes no i mean it's a lot of hey let's you know experiment and, and try things so i think you know there the, a lot of corporations need to get out of that type of thinking um uh, it's very difficult because a lot of corporations you know with sort of end of year reviews things like that they you know you're sort of graded on hey did you hit your um hit, hit your mark or did you not right it's pass or fail um but you know if if the sort of changing things from changing if the thinking changes from um sort of right or wrong to a more statistical model where it's um hey this has a 60 70% chance of of being um you know the way to go um, you know, 30% of the time, this is still going to fail, So, um, but you shouldn't be punished for that, right? You should be able to go ahead, you know, because um, from a statistical perspective, it was, you know, the right way to proceed, right? So you shouldn't just be judged on, on right, wrong. Um, and I think that, that really gets in the way of a lot of designs being implemented, a lot of um, sort of real innovative design from being implemented.
1: Mm-hmm. So one question that might be interesting for the audience is, you know, um, considering all your experience, how did you saw design evolving during your career?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I, I think the one of the biggest things was just how many people were, you know, receptive to it. Um, you know, like I, I mentioned a little while ago, I mean, it, it's really become um, a commodity. In, in terms of, um, you know, people you would never think talking design or suddenly talking design. Um, and, you know, I think that was just getting going at the start of my career, and now it's like, you know, it's everywhere. Um, and I think that's that's good and bad. I mean, it's good in that you, there's less to, you know, I, I think early on designers had to sort of pr- prove themselves and prove their worth. I think there's probably... Less than that, I think a lot of people are sort of bought in hey, you know design is something we should invest in um, there's sort of everybody you know hey i I come from um, an anthropology background um, and sort of have the same thing where everybody's sort of calls themselves an anthropologist um, now everybody says you know they they do some some aspect of design everybody's a design thinker or something like that um, so mm-hmm. I, I mean it can sort of cheapen you know, what a designer does and, and yeah. you know, the design process. So, you know, pluses and, and minuses there. Um, so, I mean, I think there's probably, you know, needs to be some sort of reevaluation in, in design and on sort of how do we um, take things further and, and get out of the um, sort of commoditization of, of design thinking. I mean, design was sort of too successful in sort of selling itself and now everybody's bought in. The sort of specialness is gone.
1: Interesting. Um, mm-hmm.
0: And you can see that in terms of like industrial design agency, um, the the prices that companies are willing to pay go down because there's so much in-house now, right? So I mean, it's um, although there's the probably um, more work, the sort of the prices are, are lower. So um, pluses and minuses, and then you just have the all the interesting things going on in the the agency world. Um, you know, it will be with so many being consolidated, it will really be interesting to see sort of what's next. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, my agency is sort of at the forefront of, of what is next, really focused on um, sort of corporate incubation and, and sort of new venture creation. I'm hoping that's sort of the next um, sort of step. Um, and um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how everything evolves.
1: Mm-hmm. Will you call your design agent, uh, your agency, a design agency, or will you use the term design in your in the way you sell your your company? Yeah,
0: good question. I mean, I don't think we're calling ourselves a design agency. I think we're much closer to um, sort of a strategic innovation agency management consultant. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, my partner is you know he's a trained industrial designer has, has worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, for years in industrial design um, so we certainly do design that's sort of a, an aspect but um, yeah I wouldn't necessarily say we would position ourselves as a design agency so good point
1: mm-hmm. interesting are there any advice you would give to your, um, you know young design students or young designers are you know, just starting out
0: sure yeah I mean I think the the biggest thing is you know be willing to try a lot of Um, things Um, you know I highly recommend you know getting a uh, uh, an internship or whatever it might be at at an agency Um, you know whether small or large I mean just working on a lot of things really quickly um, you know can can really help you in your career Um, I would also say you know be open to trying a lot of new things, um, you know, even if you love designing, you know, be open to um, sort of research and research and, and strategy work as well. Um, you know, maybe coding, you know, whatever it may, might be, um, you know, definitely building up your skill set is really, really important because I think being um, skilled in, in multiple aspects is, is really important to advancing um, within the field. You know, you can sort of, you know, if you just want to design, you can be you know, a great designer, but sort of, I would say, like leading a team, leading a department, um, I think you really need to, you know, these days be sort of cross-functional um, and, and know some different aspects um, of, the, of the process.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was great, Ross. Thank you so much for sharing, like, the bandwidth of, you know, knowledge with, with
0: us. Absolutely. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much. That was the episode. If you want to give us feedback on the podcast, have something to contribute to the next episode, or just want to get in touch, feel free to connect with us either on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram messages, or simply via the designdrives.org website. We love to hear from you.